everybody. Welcome to episode 156 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sashio Dumont. I'm your other host, Mr. Paul Robinson, and my shirt is inside out. <laughs> That's a good thing yeah. you've realized that now. Yeah. Um, and we have some. I'm embarrassed. You should be. We have somebody you here. Be, sir. Um, so we, we have a guest. What is your name, sir? Uh, this is Ian Harrington. And obviously, uh, well, I'm just going to say obviously, but you're a filmmaker. You know, you'd, yeah, you'd be yeah, in, in the film business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the in the film business, and yeah. um, yeah, he's a he's a landscaper, way. and we just thought we yeah, we just thought we'd talk to a landscaper <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for fun. I, I, I do landscape from time to time. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had uh, we had both of our films in a film fest, which was how we uh-huh. found you. And oh, cool. uh, I don't assume you were there because that's pretty far. No, from you. <laughs> no, I wasn't there. Yeah, no, I, so, I haven't made it, you know, with the pandemic and everything. Yeah. I honestly haven't made it to a lot of film festivals, unfortunately. Yeah. So we um, we had seen your, we, we saw your film and I'm trying to find like the kindest way to say that it's there tough. were some interesting films oh. playing that day. <laughs> And, you know, we had this like weird existential moment. We were like, should we be doing this anymore? Like, I just don't even know what this says. Well, I think this is a bad year for indie it, film, obviously. But, okay. It was hard to. I mean, I'm, I have like, I have the, you know, this the soft touch of a, of, of a sheet of sandpaper sometimes. So yeah. I'll just say that it was, it was like sometimes getting, it was getting kind of rough there. And I was just like, wow, I don't, okay. And then your film came on. And it was the first time that I actually looked away from my phone and was like, oh, this is a story. Yes. Oh, that's, <laughs> I like, that's great. Yeah, I was that, like, that's... story, cinematography is nice. Let's do this. Acting's good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was like, all right. And so much so that when we left, I was like, I'd like to talk to this person because it was really, really interesting film. It was centrist, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, okay. yeah. That, and that, thank you, first of all, for, for that. Um, it is interesting, you know, and centrist being you know sci-fi based i i have found in watching other film festivals that are genre based that they they kind of take everyone right and <laughs> because because there's not a lot of yeah like specifically genre based film festivals that i'm i'm finding this is my my um my maiden voyage in in filmmaking and it was my first short and in in doing so i, I have discovered that as well and um you you just you get in these genre film festivals and you're like whoa this is there's some interesting stuff here yeah, <laughs> and yeah. a, a varying caliber. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's cool to see that as well the, from the, the other side of that, that um, there's lots of people that are, you know, also creating out there. And the, again, just like various types and, and of various quality. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, especially this year there, like she was saying, there's just such a, a wide variety of, you know, you have a comedy and you'll have a st- Stop motion and then a drama and then a sci-fi. Yeah. I like, um, I don't know, I like to group them, you know. I'd like to have, if I were to run a film festival, <laughs> I would want to group up these, because these genres, because I feel like you're going to get so much more out of it, you well, know. you get in and out of the mood, so yeah. it's easier to, to do that. Yeah, but I just, yeah. Yeah, I really did, um, so, well, I don't remember her last name, is it China? Was the actress? Yeah, okay. Chi- um, China Walker. Walker, okay. Um, Fantastic actor. Yeah, I was just like immediate. Cause, you know, a lot of times we'll we'll watch stuff and it's like, all right, well they had they had a good location or they had financing for 
you know, a red or they shot they shot on an Ari and, and all that. But the story is not really pulling me in or the acting's not pulling me in or this is clearly like their friend who's never acted before. And, you know, um, her work, her her I mean, everybody did really well, but she really stood out. And um, and I really yeah. enjoyed the story. I was I was appreciative that it wasn't a pandemic story because I've just about had <laughs> enough of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, well, you know, Centris, we I wrote and directed and produced a lot and, and, and funded it. Um, and in that process, it, it was you know, I'd say the biggest thing I came away with, with making it was just learning that process of, mm-hmm. um, not if, if it's your first time, I, I think it's okay to settle on, on some fronts, but there are some things I just didn't want to settle with. Mm-hmm. And, and that mm-hmm. a lot, a big one was the, the actors, you know, we, I, I, finding China was such a crazy story. We, we had casted everybody else and, um, she was the last person, and it, which is odd, her being the lead. And I had settled on another another person. Sorry, China, if you're hearing this. <laughs> I had settled on somebody else, and she came in, and um, she had never done anything that was a uh, a drama. She mm-hmm. was mainly comedy based, and um, she did the read, and I, I could just tell she was really really into it and it was so satisfactory to meet somebody of such a high caliber of acting and and actually get to work with them hands-on that was such a great experience for myself yeah i mean that's that's such a big thing you know there's so many things that people get obsessed with especially early on in their careers you know they're mostly obsessed with what camera you're shooting on and then maybe it's some lenses or, or whatever but i feel like there's so many things that that kind of just go by the wayside being like casting, production design. There's all these little things that just add a ton of production value that kind of get kind of like um, kind of just pushed aside over these kind of like unnecessary things. And and um, <clears throat> it's good to see that you kind of like stuck stuck to like what you really wanted in there, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, it being the first time there was – there were certain things I, I just wanted to to hold on to, and um, you know the budget wasn't huge, and being able to to bring that together with with a really small intimate crew was was a lot of fun too. It, it brought us really close. We we did it in two really really long days, and oh um, okay, it it was just you know I, I also really liked that as well that we just kind of even though it, it felt rushed mm-hmm. we we had this mission that we knew we had to accomplish in a short period of time and everybody just went all in. And I, I'm not going to say that's like the best methodology of making a film, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it worked for us. Yeah. I think, you know, I think um, when you're dealing with low budgets and, and not a lot of time and, and, you know, any, any kind of restraints, you know, that, that kind of brings out the, the team aspect of indie filmmaking and, and, and at least on our level, it's, 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 essential we would never make a film our last film never would have been made if we didn't have some of the actors you know uh, slating shots or you know doing whatever they need to do yelling at people to shut up or whatever whatever it is they need to do to kind of get get things going and and it's such a bonding experience i mean we're still like very close to uh people that we worked with in the last film and and you know we've had genuine friendships grow from that and i think it's so important to make the film as a team. Like you're the director or you're the writer, or you're the producer, whatever it is, and you're steering that ship. But I th- feel like 
everybody's so important in that in whatever role they're taking especially yeah. on the lower levels because that position is like you know catering and yeah. first ad and then you know whatever it is else they have to do yeah yeah i agree and you get to see everybody's like uh, you know after centrus was made and we're we're still on the festival circuit you, you i also still communicate a lot with um cast and crew and they're they're all obviously doing lots of other things still um you know moving forward and it's great just to follow them afterwards and yeah you know, you're always like please remember me yeah <laughs> yeah big <laughs> yeah now you keep so you keep saying this was your first short yeah so and I'm I, like, I wanted to address that too because I'm, like, I'm about you ready keep to quit saying that and I'm like this is very sad for us yeah. <laughs> so please tell me you at least worked on sets before this or did you just fly out of bed and make this film he was land he was because a landscaper I give up <laughs> yeah one day after I was like trimming the hydrangeas, like, yeah. you know <laughs> This isn't it. This isn't it. There's something else. But, well, no, I, so my background, I, I, I went to um, a journalism school, uh, moved out, my wife and I, to from Florida, uh, University of Florida, and, and moved out to San Diego, um, where I, uh, I, I majored in um, film and motion picture, uh, and uh, more so in the camera department. So I, I moved out to San Diego. Um, started my own thing as kind of like a camera operator and DP. I did that for about five, eight years. And then, you know, all the while just wanting to create, you know, my own content okay. eventually. So yeah, there, there's been, I, I would say I'm, and I still am very heavily involved in um, creating commercials and, and stuff like that. But with the long-term goal of, of moving into narrative, um, so no, it, it, it was a long time coming and I, I, I certainly paced it out like quite okay. a far uh, distance of when I started and uh, I'm kind of glad I did that. And, yeah. You know, I wish I had done more things and I, I did work on other projects as like a DP and, and, and things of that nature, but nothing right. where I was, you know, Few. fully engulfed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here, and, uh, and again, a testament is a lot to the crew. I, I, I knew a lot of them and knew what a high skill level they had, like the DP, Mitch Aarons, I'd, I'd seen his work and yeah. the producer as well. So I think there's a lot to say in, in that of just like, like, like you're mentioning, not rushing in, you know, yeah. and it's fine to make a lot of content if, if you want, but it's also fine to just like do what you do and really study the craft and eventually make something and make sure you're happy with it. Yeah. Because there's so so there's there's two ends of that, right? If you had said no, I just like watched a tutorial about making short films, and then <laughs> yeah. I just thought like the hell with it, I'll do this. I was like, all right, well, yeah. he's a film savant, good for you. <laughs> uh, but then there's the other side of that, which we talk about a lot, which is that you know if you don't have the opportunity to actually be on set and experience this, then you know do shoot skits and little things that don't cost you a lot of money because you know we we've seen this a lot where people will just they'll pile in their entire life savings and have zero experience of what to do on set. And it's, you know, I mean, aside from the occasional miracle that someone might get it, but uh, most of the time it's like, well, that looks terrible because you didn't know what you were doing. And, you know, so we're very big uh, advocates for like, don't worry about whether you can afford a $15,000 camera. You don't know how to use a $15,000 camera. So it doesn't matter yeah. if you have one. We all want one. Okay. Yeah, we all want one, but yeah. you know, it's, you know, like, um, you know, I just I I could see the the experience that you had, even though it was your first short, because I would have never thought that I would have thought, you know, you'd been making short films, but 
um, it shows that you've been in the business and you're, you're familiar with the process. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And I, I think a lot of that too, I, I totally agree with what you and Paul are saying in the sense of this, this concept, this naive concept when, you know, first time filmmakers come in, they're like, we need the best. We need the best that there is. I'm going to dump all this money into it. And yeah, it is a really common thing. And it's, it's so unfortunate. I mean, it kind of sorts people out, right. You know, yeah. who are going to sure. continue on this path, but, um, yeah, the, the financial aspects are just as important as the creative aspects. And um, I, that that was a big learning curve, you know, initially for myself of, of realizing, oh, yeah, we're like, this is going to cost a lot. And yeah. it's, it's all on me. This is an investment. Um, you know, that being said, too, it, it is also a thing about just relationships and people and, and knowing how to work well with other people. I mean, mm-hmm. you're on set with with. Uh, 10 plus crew, you you have to know how to manage and also be relatable mm-hmm. and get this story you want done in the in the method you have. So more than anything, I think my experience of working with people on set, not even as a director, just just viewing other people, how mm-hmm. they work on set and like what they like, like certain skills that I would like to have. Um, yeah, those are all things I think if you were going to jump jump right in you might you might kind of lack initially again some there's some savants that are just out there and they yeah they get out and they just crush it the first time but uh (laughs) those things i could totally see backfiring should you get on set and you know you talk to the wrong person the wrong way or ask them to do something that they're like hey i you know i have no idea what you mean then you know yeah you're you're losing communication there so yeah 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 it's so important we're big proponents of 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 coming up that way because um for us like for me, take me as an example. Like I'm not, I'm not an audio engineer or a sound person or, or anything like that, but I know enough about it to be able to tell my sound person what it is that I want to get. You know what I mean? Most, most of the time they, they already know and it's not, you know, but they, they know the kind of tone and the feeling that we're going for. And I, and I, I can, you know, I can relate to that and I can better express to them what it is that we're looking to get out of the scene, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that communication is so vital. And mm-hmm. again, like any anything that kind of slips up when you when you are there, it it shows later on. I mean, that is one thing about cameras and like equipment. It it literally captures what's happening. There's obviously a lot of things you can do in post, but should you get back to that editing bay or whoever's editing for you, it's like, man, I can't change this and it, yeah. it all yeah. it all comes back to that direction or lack of communication or really strong communication and um yeah it's a lot of fun and there's lots of lots of pitfalls that you could run into um you know the again this with centris um it was nerve-wracking there was definitely lots of times where i didn't think it was going to happen and um there were some things initially and i'm a big pre-production person i Mm -hmm. think the planning is is so essential um for everything to go well and Man, pre-production for Centris was just a nightmare. We had so many things <laughs> oh, happen man. for a first time. So um, that's also another thing is just like get used to planning. Get used to planning ahead and scheduling. Yeah. You kind of like, I'm a pretty type A person and I'm, so I'm always interested when I meet directors that are not. I'm like, how do you do this, man? Like yeah. you just have a great producer. Like, I don't understand yeah. it. Yeah, we, we get that a lot up here. too much anxiety to not uh, be prepared. Yeah. It's, it yeah. always <laughs> amazes me because, um, I, you know, I, I 
I'm part of groups and stuff up here for cast calls and um, I'll always read stuff and it's like, you, they need an actor, several actors tomorrow. And I'm like, oh gosh. And this is like constant, constant. It's always like tomorrow. And I often don't even respond to them because I'm like, well, that's not even enough time for me. Like it's tomorrow, you know, like, and yeah. especially now where it's like, well, we're COVID testing. So you got to get down here this afternoon to be tested to shoot tomorrow morning. And I'm like, well, what if nobody shows? I mean, is there no plan for that? Like you just, you didn't have yeah. all your actors like hired already. I can understand like one person kind of one or two people canceling if it's for background actors or something, but it's like, <laughs> how do you not have this sorted? I don't know. Um, that would just drive me crazy. We, we are like really like anal retentive with, uh, pre-production and he'll do like a whole 3d model of the whole damn set so that he oh, has awesome. all his lighting angled and you know you know because that's always the issue we don't have money to sit here and try to figure out this lighting the day of you know so how can we but we can't get to the location because it's far or someone's doing us a favor so we can't constantly be like hey can we come back to your house 45 <laughs> times you know so yeah and in the, in the spirit of uh, preparedness i i have a background doing like um 3D and, and, and motion graphics and all that stuff. So I'm able to like kind of build stuff to scale and say like, well, if 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 they're all sitting at this table, I can't fit a camera over here. So I got to figure something else. Or, or if I do, this lens is going to look like this field of view here and, and maybe I'll have to move these people. So it just gives me the opportunity to really iron out all those details in pre and 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 there's so, still disasters no oh, of what. course there is it, but, the, <laughs> yeah. but the whole point of it is to like mitigate those disasters like anything yeah. you have control over anything you need to you need to like have that prepared but you also have to be ready to throw it out and figure it out on right on the day because that's gonna yeah. happen too you know so i think it's that combination of uh being prepared because if you're prepared when things happen you're prepared so much that you can say all right well i know so much about this situation that I can easily jump in and figure something else out that'll work because I've done yeah. I've done the homework already. Yeah, that's so true. I, I love the 3D mapping concepts and I think that is it's so it's like this infusion of technology now and how technology is getting better and like utilizing these tools. Um, and yeah, you, you do have to be able to throw it out the window eventually if 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 needed, but you're hoping like, man, I just really want to stick to this shot list. Yeah. <laughs> if we yeah. can stick to this shot list, today's going to go really freaking well. Yeah. But otherwise, and it's so crazy too, like you'll run into other directors or other um, production houses there and I'll, I'll work with them, you know, still serving as a DP sometimes. And we'll do like two, two shots off the shot list. And then they're like, yeah, whatever, let's just not do this anymore. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> this is this is how. No, I, I need to be on this. Like, yeah, to, yeah. To ensure we get everything done right, and but I guess that's just different different workflows for different people, and mm -hmm. I, I, you know some people are different. But I'm I'm on the same wavelength of type A. Let's do this and this, and, and yeah, I yeah. that would give me anxiety. Day. I could. I do would it. love yeah. to just be able to show up and like figure it out on the spot. That would just relieve so much stress. But I, you know, I don't have that personality. Not, I can't do it. We don't have the funding for that either, no. sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Maybe. wonder who does that. Yeah. Um, so I did have a question about uh, the 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 story itself. You you did write this, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, one of one of my biggest issues as a writer is that um, writing for shorts is very specific. You know, I have ideas that I'm like, oh, this would be such a great concept. But then if I think about trying to tell that in 15 minutes, have I really done the story justice? And then everything kind of falls 
uh, starts to, to unravel at that point. Um, this story was like as long as it needed to be. And that's what I really appreciate about it. But I could have seen it as a feature. Like if you had said yeah. this was a feature film, it would have worked oh, as a feature film as well. Yeah. That 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 isn't always the case. You yeah. know, sometimes you watch a short and it's like, you feel like something sort of, there's there's too many blanks, you know, this this really needed to be longer. Well, or, I think it speaks to his world building, you know, and, yeah. and like that there there is like, I do, I want to see what's what's outside of this room. What, what like, mm-hmm. what, what's the, the, there's a lot going on, obviously, that you tell a complete story, but also you've built this world up so well that you're like, I want to see what's going on with these characters. What happens before? What happens after, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, I think you guys nailed it in that, that terminology of like building a world. I mean, I'm, I, I think that is when you see a good film, you, you're immersed in that world. You are 100% convinced this is an environment that can truly exist, it being sci-fi or drama or whatever. And you're, you know, and the best of them, you're sad to leave the world at the end mm-hmm. when the credits start rolling and you do wonder what's going on. So I, you know, I, I wrote Centris um, and it, it was supposed to be a feature. Okay. And um, having experience in, um, like the marketing world and and shooting commercials and other things of that aspect, I, I kind of knew that there was no way financially I was going to be able to create a feature for my first time, and I and I really didn't think it was going to be um, something that would have done well, and to be honest, and um, so I I approached a couple other underwriters and they helped me craft it into a short um, with you know the intention of of hopefully you know, one day making it into a feature. What will it ever be made into a feature? I don't know. I'm, I don't really have any um, <laughs> hard feelings if it, if it didn't, because mm-hmm. uh, I think it did really well as a short. And um, yeah, I think that's another uh, tactful way for indie filmmakers to like, if you have a feature idea, if you can condense it into a short and then possibly get the feature funded, that that's a really great approach. Um, and it, it also doesn't like stop you short of not doing or fulfilling a project that yeah. you are really passionate about. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad when people say that about Centris because I think the most common question I get is like, well, what happens at the end? You yeah. know, like what, what does she see? I'm like, that's the whole point. Man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Keep, I was going to say, I don't keep this going. <laughs> yeah. I was so glad when it, I mean, I don't want to spoil, I don't know. I guess we're spoiling stuff, but it's like, I'm so glad it ended the way it did because so many people would be tempted to show some kind of crazy whatever, but we're both, you know, we're both a big fan of like ominous kind of oh. endings yeah. like that. And, and, um, yeah, cause it, you know, it's the, the centrist is the type of film that like kind of sticks with you because I watched it and I was like, well, that's obviously amazing. And then a couple of days later, <laughs> you're like, uh, you know, you're still thinking about it and, and um, yeah, it's just a film that you, I don't know. It, it it stuck with me for a couple of days, and and um, oh, glad that yeah. that's that's so good to hear. I mean, again, just in writing it, I am a, a big science fiction fan of, you know, just in general of like writing and reading. Like Philip K. Dick is a I, I love all his short stories, and and reading a lot of short stories like his, it you kind of feel I don't know. This is me. Some people like a, like my wife loves conclusive endings and some people Mm -hmm. they they live for that and they can't watch films that don't have some kind of resolution uh i'm i'm kind of the opposite i I like films where you're thrusted into an environment and then you don't know what happens because again it's that 
that world concept. It's like, that's just another world out there. And like, we don't know how it ends. Just like, I don't know how your day is going to end or right. my day right. is going to end. And right. um, I, I think that's really fun to, to see stuff like that, where you're giving people some benefit, especially the audience. It's like, you're just hoping somebody in the audience is, you know, intelligent enough to, to get that or, or on yeah. the same wavelength as you, but, or, um, or at least it get- does fall. Yeah, at least get that they're not supposed to get it, you know, and kind of fill in yeah. with whatever their experience brings them to that conclusion. I'm interested to to, to know what you think about trailers, because I feel like it's kind of connected, you know, whereas like, you know, we're big on like trailers tell way too much. Half the time I see a trailer, oh, I don't even man. need to see the movie anymore. You know, I've started to like really, really pull back a lot on trailers like we'll start watching stuff and i'll watch I don't, like the first 15 seconds if, of yeah, a trailer same. and i'm and like I'm, I'm already in i'll yeah. i'll wait to watch the movie and so like if you don't pull me in in the first 15 minutes i may or may not watch this but i you know i don't and then some trailers are like four minutes long i'm like hello yeah, <laughs> like, yeah i often wonder if the people that need that satisfying ending are the same people that are need to know what they're getting need into to, need to know exactly yeah. what because i've known people that are like i i want i want to know that when I'm going into a movie that it's, you know, whatever kind of anxieties or issues they're bringing to that film, they want to know before going in that it's a safe space for them. And I get it, but I feel like it's it's, it's ruining a lot of the experience. So I've yeah. just taken, you know, and I'm not, it's like whatever, you know, like I'm not losing sleep over it. I just won't watch it. It's not a big deal. <laughs> but I'm just, curi- I'm just curious of that correlation, you know? I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, I, I agree. And it's like, it is kind of odd that like, you know, just dating myself, I remember as a kid, like trailers weren't like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they, they did kind of leave you hanging a little bit. And I'm the same way. Like if I watch a full trailer now and, and the film's ruined, I, I'm just like, man, I'm not going to watch this. I, you know, I can't, you know, being a storyteller and I'm sure it's the same for you. You can kind of start to pick up notes and you're like, okay, yes. this is going to happen to this guy. Yeah. She's going to like end up, you know, doing something here. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I don't know if that's like something that's occurring just in how people are viewing media and they need to know like, oh, this is for me. This is a fit. And maybe there's just, you know, this increase of just content out there. It's like I need to choose the the right one so that I let's make sure that everybody that's watching our trailer, they know it's a rom-com that's just going to be for them. They'll be yeah. satisfied. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm always a huge fan of trailers where it's like even just like a one just like a super slow yeah. wonder and you're just like, oh, this looks awesome. Like mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm satisfied with I this. I just need to know I just need to know the tone. What kind of tone are you putting down and yeah. and, and I'm in, you know? And um I blame- the, the only time I make an exception though, it tends to be big tent pole movies like your Star Wars Marvel and your Marvels stuff. because yeah, I'm yeah. not sadly, I feel like it, it could work, but sadly most of the time I'm not going to watch those for some big interesting story. You know what I yeah. mean? It's just to look at the cool and, and they're based on a comics so yeah. you kind of know Most where the things are going told, anyway. but yeah but um so there's that but even so i feel like and that's a whole other conversation because i feel like those big movies can still tell like intimate stories and and stuff but they just it's a marketing I thing i blame technology i think that people are they've they've sort of adapted to this instant gratification and so everyone wants to make sure that every Kids moment your goddamn cell phones. yeah everyone wants to <laughs> make, make sure that every moment of their time was worth it and yeah. they don't like any surprises. And um, yeah, it, there's, I already ruin films for myself because I watch it with the writer's brain and I'm like trying to figure out a character, you know, yeah. and then then I will and I'll be like, 
damn it. Like, you know, <laughs> and you know, I'm 90% sure that I'm right. And then when I am, I'm like, I just wrecked that film because I had to overthink it. Sometimes yeah. the trailer does that already. Like for instance, a film that I really enjoyed, but started to figure out was hereditary because oh, of the okay. way yeah. the trailer was, I was like, I already know I can't trust this woman. I already know I can't trust her. Like that's true. That's yeah. given. Because yeah, they'll give you the 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 kind of vibe of a character Absolutely. in the trailer, and you go into the film, and you're like, the way Anne yeah. Dowd's character came in, I was like, something's up with her. Like she's a big character, and I can't trust her. And then of course I'm Plus watching the movie. She's amazing. Well, yeah. Well, then you know, there's also that I'm watching her as like Aunt Lydia in yeah, yeah. Handmaid's Tale. So I already, I'm already <laughs> like, uh, you know, yeah. But there was just something about it, and I thought I really wish they hadn't. Fo put the focus that they did, even though it, for like the average person, it may not have seemed like it, but like with the writer's brain, I was like, that woman <laughs> yeah, is going to yeah. be a big player in this. And then, you know, so it's like still a great film, but um, I just wish that things weren't really like that. I love films like, like Moon, you know, mm -hmm. where you just, you know, it's like, well, what happened? Like, how long has this been going on? And does it, can, yeah. they don't know that, do they know? And they don't know. And yeah. you don't know if you're real. And you know, it's just like, that it, to me is so cool and that's what I really liked about your film and and I liked the the fact that well I'm sure it was probably also because it was a short and then financial uh constraints that you filmed kind of one place it was like the the lavish area that we're in and then the home right that was yeah, like a house yeah. um you know but I like that because then you're not sometimes a film uh there's it's like a it's like a cheesecake factory menu <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. When there's just too much to look at and then you're not really paying attention to the story because you're like, wow, that's an awesome location. Wow. That's awesome. You know, some people do that great. Like Fincher does that really well where, you know, you're still pulled in in the story, but you have cool locations. Uh, Scorsese, like, you know, Shutter Island, for instance, is like there's so many things to look at, but it's just it still works. But with shorts, you want to keep people in there. And so I liked even if it was, you know. That, that, you, that you were forced to keep it in one location. It just works that you're yeah. not really going, jumping from place to place. Totally, yeah. I think the less is more mentality in filmmaking mm -hmm. is, is a really strong way of making films. I, you know, I always, one of my favorites is obviously a Christopher Nolan fan, but um, Memento, I, I can watch that over and over, mm -hmm. over and over again. And it takes place in what that hotel room, yeah. and and it's it's just it all relies on the story and like you know things you can do in camera, character development, like people need to, you know, I guess in the filmmaking world, but even outside of the filmmaking world, realize how important that is about just the craft of what we do. Like storytelling is at the heart, and that is the hardest thing. You can throw graphics on, th on stuff and. Um, you know, even really good acting, but if the story falls flat, and this is just my opinion, I, I, I kind of am just like, you know, this was this was cool to watch, visually pleasing, but um, that's kind of where I wanted to go with Centris, and at the backbone of it, I really wanted to tell this story that was like emotional about, um, you know, losing a, a figure in your life, and and then that um, immersion of technology now, and, and what, what that allows us to do to, um, redeem ourselves emotionally and if that's positive or negative so um yeah and should we be I, allowed to do it just because you can yeah. just because you can yeah, yeah I, I think it's a really interesting yeah. subject i think jeff goldblum has some words of wisdom regarding that <laughs> <laughs> very true well played sir well played <laughs>
So where yeah. where did you actually wind up filming? Where was that? So we, we filmed in LA. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm based in San Diego, and um, a majority of the crew was from San Diego. Um, but in in terms of like cost and just availability, uh, being so close to LA, it it just made sense, and mm -hmm. um, it was also something really fun to do to to go to an entirely different city and. It's about two hours mm -hmm. away from San mm -hmm. Diego. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you guys have definitely experienced with that. You're kind of like, it's this unknown edge that you put on things where it's like, yeah, I feel good about this. I'm comfortable. I know we can make this happen. But let's do this in a totally different freaking location and, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and see what like if it works out. So it was, um, again, there were some nightmare logistics that happened um, to, to get that to move forward. But I am glad we, we did that in L.A. It was, it was a ton of fun. Yeah, our last film was, was that like two, how, how long did it take us to get to that location? Like about an hour and a half. Hour and a half? Just about. Yeah, that's still, that's still a distance to, yeah. to get to set. And, and for us, it was like, we had the added thing, like we were, we wanted a place in the middle of nowhere, so we got a place in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know, so it's like feeding people and, and you know, all we that had, sort of we stuff. We had the was, options was, of the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we, you know, we, we, we dealt with, with that, but I think, um, I think in the at the end of the day, same with with yours. It's it, it it pays off, you know, because I think there was some kind of like um, I don't know how to say like some like an adventure type quality to that, you know. If you're making a film in your house, it's just like you're making a film in your house, and if that's all you have, then we've made plenty of films here. But there's just some kind of something happens to your brain. I think when you're when you're on a location and you're away from home and you're you're doing it, it just feels more. Uh, it has this like this different feeling to it. Not that it's better or worse, but there's just this kind of yeah. different kind of thing that it has to it. And um, I guess the 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 child side of you is like, oh, we're this is real now because we're we're, we're we are somewhere doing it. You know, <laughs> yeah. like we're, we're... totally. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It, it felt like that for because a lot a lot of the crew members. This was also their first like narrative, having worked with them Jesus. on oh. like a, lo a lot of commercial aspects, minus the DP who was based in LA. Um, a lot of the crew were just guys I had shot commercials with, and I had talked with them and said like, "I'm interested in doing narrative. Do you guys want to go up to LA and make this happen?" And it, it worked out. So I think it, it also had a really psychological effect on the crew as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're two hours away from LA. We go up there a lot for commercial stuff, but to go up there and be like, "Yeah, we shot a narrative in LA," yeah. it kind of like bolstered things. Like like Paul's saying, of like, "This is cool." Like as a, as a kid, like point of view, like we're in LA making a movie. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what what were some of the like logistical nightmares that you hit? Like, um... yeah, yeah, I remember. This one was crazy. I can't Enough positivity. Where did yeah. it all go wrong? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it Tell was me like about the, your failures. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love I love this story because it, it it truly what is a testament just to like the team essence of like getting shit done fast yeah. and and solving problems fast. I I really do think that is one of my favorite parts of filmmaking is it's like it's a problem solving kind mm -hmm. of uh, yeah oh yeah adventure. You know, you're you're faced with things. It's like oh, that guy's not going to be here. Let's find a replacement, like, in 10 minutes. And yeah, yeah. So the biggest one was um, we we had rented a lot of uh, um, prop, like, equipment mm -hmm. for that those lab scenes. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah. they were all medical devices that were actually from this um, specialty rental house in L.A. 
in order to get them, we needed a, a large proof of insurance. And also in order to sh uh, move them from that location, we needed rental trucks, which also needed um, a, a really hefty proof of insurance, um, which I had had for uh, commercial stuff. And you know, the day before we were actually shooting a commercial and I get a call from our um, from that rental house, both first initially the um, the one that specialized in the laboratory equipment. And they're like, hey, this insurance isn't going to clear. And I was Great. like, wait, what? Like, oh, no. I, I've like checked with our, our agent like this should be fine. And it was just like a really small specification. I was like, shit, like this is okay. That sucks. Um, let me get back to you. <laughs> like, and we're on set like shooting already. So I'm like in between on lunch and I like message our producer and he's like, okay, yeah, I'll check in on it. And like 20 minutes later, the, the uh, rental truck company calls and they're like, hey, your insurance isn't going to clear. And I was like, fuck, like, we, are, <laughs> we are like now in trouble. Like this is yeah. not good. Like this is could be really bad and it's nearing the end of the day on a Friday. Um, so I'm like, things are gonna start closing. And the producer is also like, hey, I'm on set too. Like I'm trying my best. So I'm like, oh my God. And I start calling um, our, uh, our insurance agent and she's like, oh yeah, this is like something an underwriter has to like manipulate and oh, they're God. out for the weekend. Oh, and God. I was like, oh my God, this is like tomorrow. This is happening tomorrow. Like, is there any way you can like reach out to them? Like, we'll see the day ends, there's no resolution. Um, and we're starting, you know, production tomorrow, the next day. Uh, and I have to wake up really early to leave. So um, I call a rental car place and we just get like the largest truck they have. And I'm like, all right, like we're just gonna rent this truck. And I rented two of them. We got them from San Diego, went up to the place. Our insurance agent says, okay, cool. We're able to clear the lab equipment. Like you're, you're able to get this, but you can't get the rental trucks. Um, and the rental truck guys were, were not stoked about that. Um, so <laughs> we're able to pick up the lab equipment. We get it last minute. And um, also when getting up there in LA, the DP is like, Hey, you remember that we needed the rental trucks to get all the lighting gear. Right. And I was like, Oh shit. Like we don't have, we only have two trucks, man. Like I don't know what to do. So he rents a U-Haul and just throws it all into this U-Haul. Like, oh it was just like this mad dash of just like getting equipment and, you know, in the process of getting, um, places for us to sleep that night, the, only place I could really find that was within our budget was like not in the best part of LA. <laughs> so we're, we're staying in this really shady part of LA. We park the trucks and it's just full of this like weird looking lab gear. And, oh my like, God. <laughs> and, and it's outside. So like me and like two guys just stay awake like really late that night. And we're just like kind of just hanging out, going over script stuff, making sure that nothing gets stolen out of the truck. We buy like this giant padlock to throw onto the U-Haul to protect all the like actual production equipment. Yeah. And it and it all comes together in the end. But um, logistically, that was like, I think I must have like pulled out all my hair, lost like, two <laughs> yeah. pounds like, yeah. on like that 24 hour period. But um, it was just like something when we got to set where it was like, all right, we've gone through the worst shit possible. Yeah. There's no way anything else can top that for yeah. the rest of this thing. So it kind of set this mood and this precedence really early on. It's like, 
we got this. Like we we can make this happen. And um, again, just like a testament, I feel like to indie filmmaking. And like mm-hmm. you're gonna get hit with all these barriers. Yeah. And if you gotta just get past it to yep. make it happen. Because now you go into your next one and you're gonna be like, this is a breeze. Like yeah. everything, everything. Like what? Oh, like. Well, I just go in expecting the worst now yeah. that things have happened because I'm like, all right, <laughs> so had- what happens? Like our last shoot, our sound person got into a car accident the oh, day no. before we were leaving to shoot. Oh, and I'm like, God. where the hell are we going to find it? Like up I was here. Like, Can you walk? Then you get in there. <laughs> <laughs> like up here, that's really difficult. And, and oh, um, you know, because because we're far enough from the city that people can sort of market themselves so it's like upcharged for sound people up here because they can you know so i was like well we cannot afford to replace him with anybody here luckily he had someone he could vouch for but that's like uh, again i'm the prepper so i'm like so we're just gonna have some sound person we've never met we've never met this guy and then we're gonna live with him because we all stayed in the house together so i'm like what if he's a psychopath (laughs) you know (laughs) it's just like you know, and, and what I if have he snores? To, what if he, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, because I, I have to think of, like, you know, my other actors are in the house. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, who is this person? Like, is this a risk? At, you know, luckily everything worked out and he gave us great sound. But um, I definitely had, you know, I had to be talked off the ledge that day before because I had just finished prepping because I did craft services as well, of course, because there was nothing to freaking eat there. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, I have all this food prep. So I was ready to just... Yeah, we, we the lost whole that shoot. happened. Then we lost our DP. We lost uh, oh grip, God. and we, we lost, lost one of our actors. And we lost one of our actors <laughs> in, in one uh, all within project? a week. Within a week, yeah, all within a week oh of gosh. filming that. Yeah. And it was like so. Part of me was just she was like, just like, "This isn't meant to be." And I'm like, "No, let's do this." And to be honest with you about it, I think it all. I think all of those things. When I look back, I think it was better that that happened because now we we were able to shorten the the, you know. It was a it was an ensemble piece, so we you, you know we can just manipulate the dialogue, whatever. And you know we had one less person to feed, we had one less person to kind of like deal with on not deal with, but you know like worry about lighting or or, or yeah. whatever whatever with. And you know um, the DP ended up doing uh, we ended up getting somebody else last minute who was ultimately more helpful than the person would have been because they were more well rounded. So I think in at in the end, when I look back, I feel like that would, those were like blessings in disguise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I can't imagine being on a set where at least one thing doesn't go wrong. Oh my God. (laughs) I would love for one thing to go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) There's always something and it is like this this, um, problem solving thing where you're just like, all right, like as a team, we're going to figure this out. And Mm. you if you really are wanting to get this done, you you get it done. And it it usually does turn out for the better. Like Mm -hmm. we I can't remember, like the U-Haul cost a, a shitload less than those rental right. trucks. Let me right. say that. Yeah. We saved a ton of money doing that. And yeah, it worked out like in our advantage then. So yeah, I, I think um, being ready for those things, just just trying to make something out of what you got is, is, is a lot more fun too. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine if it couldn't have cleared there to be like, all right, so the medical equipment is actually a hologram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah, going to yeah. find I somebody mean, in post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make this work somehow. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I think then too, you kind of like can rely, like, should that have happened? I mean, I don't know what, what we would have done, but uh, you can almost like then put more emphasis on other things too and, and adjust like you were saying, Paul, like hoping that your talent really garners attention away from those aspects mm-hmm. and also too if 
it, it kind of is like, well, if your story kind of sucked anyway, then exactly. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. gonna, it wasn't gonna make it like a a, yeah. a good film to begin with. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. I was gonna say that it's. I mean, it all comes down to if your story's strong enough, it can withhold, it withstand yeah. some of those some of those issues. Like if something happened and we couldn't film in that location and we were stuck filming in this house. Um, we would have made it work, and if the story was strong enough, then it still would have resonated with people. So, wouldn't have looked as cool, though. Wouldn't have looked as cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean well, that, yeah. that's we when we um, location is yeah who uh, location's its own character. Uh, Ryan, when we had Ryan Connolly on, yeah, and he was talking about Name like um, it was Ryan Connolly, right? That the, that know. they were he was shooting that they were doing the shoot, and then the whole thing fell apart. And they had to make a whole other movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like. It fell apart to the point where they were like, okay, yeah, we're making like, another movie they because had like, uh, Whoa, that's... they already had people fly in. So it was like, we have to film something. We just can't film that. Yeah. So like, the, <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> all the money fell through the literally the night before. Yeah. So they literally couldn't make it because they couldn't get all the stuff they needed. So they, they just took what they had and the people that were already else. there were like down to do whatever. So they just went out and filmed another thing. Um. And that's yeah, incredible. I mean that, that's that's what you got to do. You know what I mean? And, I'm not and, built for that kind of stuff. Well, sir. that's okay. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> Just, I would have. I would have yeah, been like, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I think it, I think it, I think it, it's it, you guys would have. You know you would have. But uh, I think it comes down to that humility, right? And it's like, you know, we're not we're not like curing cancer. You know what I mean? We're making humility. films. Humility. I was literally standing in the kitchen crying. <laughs> I guess humil- humility is probably the probably the wrong it's probably the wrong wrong word. But Perry had just to talk like- me off the ledge on the phone. I was like, "Is that gonna happen, man?" And he was just like, "All right, calm down for a second. I was like, "Why is this happening to us?" It's, it, well, it's just a matter of like I, I don't know. Yeah, humility is the wrong word, but it's 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 just it's it's what I'm trying to say is like it's just a matter of like you want to make something cool, you just have fun and do it and. Obviously, as you get up the rung and, and more money gets involved, that that becomes a different conversation. But at least for us on our on our financial level, um, for most of our stuff, not our last one, but for most of our stuff, it's like if stuff goes wrong, it's like, OK, well, we'll make it work and we'll we'll do it. Like we're not going to be living on the street tomorrow because of this, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not like a life or a life yeah, or death yeah. thing. You know, you're going to you're going to make it happen. One I think the other. those there's. That stuff gets. I mean, again, we could have a whole podcast about that, but that stuff gets so kind of like um, fantasized about, like you know how Kevin Smith put all the debt on his credit card and made the film. If the film didn't make it big, then he would have been just some another broke person. And it's like that's not that's not a business yeah. strategy, you know. And it's like it's it sounds lovely. Everybody wants that golden ticket, but uh, I think you have to be more pragmatic than that, and you have to really kind of do things that are smart. We never. We never shoot. We well, we haven't yet, but we've never shot outside of our means. You yeah. know, we've never been at the behest of like another person or another thing. Like we've never, you know. And and, and look, you know, I'm sure some of our films have suffered because of it. Like whereas if we just dumped everything on our credit card, it would have looked better, sure, and and maybe would have garnered more attention or helped our careers or whatever. But you know, we're in this for the long haul. So if it doesn't happen now, it'll happen eventually. Like we're not. You know, it's and if that's not, the, not and, and that's the, right, fine. and that's not the goal anyway. Yeah. You know, our goal is to make to be better like to make films. The, yeah, the next film to be better than the last film, and that's yeah. Everything yeah, on, everything else on fan. top of that is just is just icing, right? Yeah, is that I think how it is a pretty fantasized <laughs> thing of of just like blowing a whole bunch of cash and and making this thing and and hoping you get famous. Like that is such a silly methodology yeah. of thinking. It's like 
the fame. Like, that's what you thought you were going to get mm-hmm. from a yeah, short yeah. film. Like, yeah. come on, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, like, pretty naive. Like, let, let's let's be real. But, yeah, if you're in it for the long long term, it is about, like, staying within your boundaries, knowing what you're you're capable to pull off, and, and just doing it over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, with the hopes that it's just, you, you get better at it. It's just a fun craft. And I think that, like, even from a... Um, investment standpoint if you're looking at our film or or your film or whatever and you look at the the price tag you used and you're like well sure if you had um a million dollars that film would look better or whatever but you know what does that say about what you can do with if somebody were to give you money so now when someone says like look what they did for six grand or whatever now if we give them you know six thousand you know sixty thousand dollars or six hundred thousand dollars Imagine what they could do with that, and I feel, yeah. feel that speaks so much more to you than, um, than you know anybody can make a good. I shouldn't say anybody, but <laughs> it's a lot easier to make a, a good looking film for a million dollars than it is for you know ten thousand dollars. Obviously, you know you hire more people. Well, and I think also you, you know can, we've, watched, that, we've watched films and thought like you know because right away we watch a film and we go online and we're like what was the budget? What was the budget? You know, like, yeah, same. And I always want to know what the budget is and what they shot on. Yeah, that's your, yeah. Those, are, those are the two questions. And I'm a big like I'm not a big like you know I love technology. I'm a big camera nerd and stuff, but I'm a huge believer in like it doesn't matter like. Yeah, you but know. sometimes we've watched something and thought, oh, that this must yeah, have been... Yeah, we just watched... Um, I don't know if you ever saw uh, The Death of Two Lovers, was it? Yeah. No. The Killing of Two Killing Lover. of Two Lovers. Great film. We loved it. Huh. looked beautiful. And they, they shot it on a red. And it's so... Not even like a an expensive one. And, and yeah. you know, it just speaks to like, you know, the... the it's all a tool. You know, you do what you do. Yeah, there was that film that with Anton Yelkin, is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. They shot it on a 7D, and I, th- I thought it looked beautiful. And so, yeah, I mean, but sometimes we've watched stuff and, you know, we've thought, like, oh, this was probably filmed on a red or an Ari. And it's like, you see the camera, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought that at all. Like, you know, but they, they got beautiful footage from it. And, um, you know, just. I think that, you know, there's there's always the one in a million shots, right? There's always somebody who makes a short film, Kevin Smith's it, right? And then the right person just happens to see it. But that is such a one in a million chance. A lot yeah. of the times when that happens, it's like they leave out the really important part where they're like, oh, my such and such, my, my father-in-law is connected with someone at Tribeca Film Festival. And they're yeah, like, we they see you, you yeah. left that out. Yeah. <laughs> like, you left that one vital you part left out. out the <laughs> yeah. fact that you knew someone at Sundance. That's really important. You know? yeah. like, and so yeah. it's like, oh, I've only made this for $5,000 and I filmed it on, you know, a potato. And it's like, yeah, great for <laughs> you. But, you know, you happen to know someone at Sundance. So, of course, you know, something's going to, be shown at Sundance and you're going to have better. The problem is getting into Sundance. The average person doesn't get to do that. That's just making short films that they're self-funding, you know? So um, I think like, yeah, go ahead. I I was going to say just like a a film that I had recently heard on another podcast and watched is uh, Vast as the Night. Oh, oh, the Vast of Night. Yeah, we actually reviewed that. (laughs) And and, and, Oh, yeah. I mean, what an incredible story too. And and, So good. And persistence, like of, mm-hmm. of that director, to like I think that's the other aspect that people don't, who are outside of maybe filmmaking or you know just starting. It's like maybe your film doesn't get picked up this year. Maybe it doesn't get picked up for five years, mm-hmm. and then eventually it gets picked up and it gets put on Amazon, and you blow up or you yeah. don't. We may never hear from that guy again. Right. Yeah. But it it is just like this concept of like believe in what you're doing and. 
and it, it might happen and yeah. like be and do all the logistical things correctly. I mean, that that to me, hearing that, or I'm sorry, seeing that film, and then I think he was interviewed, the director, I can't remember his name, on the Deacons podcast, and I listened to that, and it, it was just a, a testament of like, just don't stop. Like, you're gonna lose faith. It's like anything. Just just keep going, and maybe it'll happen. Do it the right way. And that was a great film. That was a yeah. We really film. enjoyed that film. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, that was probably but what I'm, the what first I'm, time what I, I don't saw like a film is that I, had that that long scene of her. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I didn't even realize it until later that I'm like, this has been the same shot. Yeah, the, oh, so many. This entire on that. time, yeah, but it's going from like one side of the town to the yeah. other side of the town in one shot. It's like it was incredible. It's, yeah. So really, so in, in, yeah, really, ingenious. I really enjoyed it. The only thing that irked me about that was the amount of money he spent on that basketball court. I just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. That shit drove me crazy. I was like, sir, yeah. <laughs> I could have made three movies for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, and there were some crazy logistical things about like the cars and how they had to like return those like really classic cars at a certain mm-hmm. time and how they had to like move them around set and I was like man it's just great to see you you kind of like seeing other people struggle too <laughs> it's like man this is that look that sounds hard as hell like, yeah that's awesome that's always and I feel like this there's no movie you know that doesn't have that and it's always so amazing to hear like you watch a film you're like that film was beautiful it was amazing it was so fun and then you talk to the person you're like this film was a nightmare let me tell you where it started (laughs) and they just tell you all the problems that they had with it and then you know you start to think like and I feel like it really kind of helps demystify a lot of that stuff in that like you know it doesn't have to be perfect you know you just have to have a good story you know there was um sometimes the circumstances can make a film better yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes you watch something, you're like, it was good, I was entertained. And then you hear about the obstacles and you're like, that actually, the fact that you got this done considering that is actually even more impressive now. And sometimes I'll rewatch something once I hear something about that because I'm like, all right, I can see where maybe that's yeah. why this was lacking. But considering that yeah, we, happening, they still got it done. And that's we, great. Yeah. yeah, I love to tell the story. We had we had a filmmaker on who who made a film and we came across, we're like, oh, this is a good film. Let's talk to this guy. It was, it was a good film. And then come to find out that it was like him and two other people and they didn't even have a boom operator. Everything was done through labs. And we're like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's, yeah. Like the movie was like a million times more impressive. Um, it does yeah, add like, value. Yeah, yeah, like tell tell me that your boom mics all broke on the first day of shooting. <laughs> and so you had to shoot with your labs. It's like, okay, but for me, when someone's like, Oh, we don't need. Don't worry about the boom mics. It's like, no, no, no. Worry about the boom mics. You need to have oh, yeah. boom mics. Like, don't. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've watched films like that. That it's just like, did you even care if this sounded good? Did you try to make this sound good? I guess is my question. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Was it ever important at all? Yeah. There's there's certain things that you have control over that you can tell. Like if, you know, you can forgive a a. a if you if it's an interesting story, but it doesn't look the greatest to me, that's always going to be. It's not going to matter. You know, I don't care if you only had um, a T3i to film on, you know, all the things that you have control over, the lighting and, and the story and, you know, the shot composition and, and whatever. Like, just do your absolute best with those and that that will that will carry through. You can see that. That's The camera will pick that up, you know, yeah. all that attention that's paid to all those details. But I feel like people just want to get it made all right let's just get this made and i and there's there is a certain 
I understand a certain degree of that because you just want to get it made, get it behind your belt, learn from those experiences and move on. But I feel like if you're not taking as much control and and try infusing as much creativity or, or whatever into all the aspects that you actually have control over, then uh, then people can tell that, you know, because, yeah. you know, if you only have access to one actor and they're maybe not experienced as you'd like them to be, well, tell an interesting story. If it's lit well, if it, the shots are composed well, if your shot selection is nice, you know, all that stuff, people can see that. And yeah, bad acting can sometimes take you out of a film. But I feel like if if most people like us, especially if we see some, we can see that that the, the nugget in there, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you could take away where you could see quality. You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah, quality has been placed into this for a variety of reasons and maybe this part isn't as great but you know that at least you can acknowledge that and that is part of the of of something nice of again about filmmaking and and watching other people's things you're kind of like man that that was really nice how they did that i would like to to kind of emulate that or, or take away that quality for my next project i'm interested to hear you know an opening about talking about festivals and I know that you guys make like mm-hmm. sci-fi based things which are look awesome by the way I, I really liked uh, a few that I saw oh thanks um, oh you looked at our you... work I was like what is he yeah, talking about one. you're the one <laughs> 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 I had to think for a second I'm like we made sci-fi so- oh yeah that's right <laughs> yeah most of but what we make do, do you see like in again with this being my first and I we just did a, a slew of festivals and mm-hmm. it was so interesting seeing how a lot of them just don't really cater to science fiction like like especially the big ones and yeah Yeah. even my local like san diego film festival i'm gonna put them on blast it's fine like i i messaged them i was like hey like this is a good lineup but there's like zero science fiction Mm -hmm. or like something of genre You, you know you're missing out on like a key demographic of people that enjoy that and if there's mm-hmm. good storytelling and you should include my film <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on <laughs> but do, what do you, do you guys see that in in terms of like um oh yeah 100 percent. because mm-hmm. um i feel like a lot of um oh man here we go most of the um, recognition <laughs> you've gotten for sci-fi stuff has just been people online yeah that through forums and stuff that find sci-fi it that he's, will, but like so film fest really because it's still you know, I, I feel like a lot of because there's it's very pretentious still this whole market in my opinion is still very pretentious there's obviously a lot of amazing people out there i'm not saying everybody is obviously but i feel i still feel like things like uh sci-fi horror action even to a certain degree um those things still are are, are viewed as gimmicky you know yeah Um, try getting an action film into like a serious film festival it's just not going to happen you know comedy you know i have a little weight so but a film like yours i feel like there's a there's a there's enough of a. It's a dramatic. Uh, yeah, sci-fi, there's enough so. of a of a, of a of a. Everything's based in re- everything. Everything starts with your base, right? And if your story's good enough, the the sci-fi and the, that just becomes set dressing. You know what yeah, I mean? Like you yeah. you could take that. You know, with a, with a very minor tweaking, you could take all this stuff out, and you still have a story with, with the essence of your story. And so, I'm surprised to hear that about your specific film. But yeah, things that are like sci-fi and 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 horror, I think, are the two. You know, well, redheaded think... stepchildren of the film community. <laughs> uh, 
I think the problem is that um, there's such a fan base for sci-fi outside of film fest that people will make a film where the storyline takes a back seat because they're just like just yeah. make sci-fi because people mm. like that stuff. They just and they so focus then, on like an, a visual effect yeah, or something. Yeah, that gets submitted to a film fest, and the type of people that go to film fest are not the type of people that are like sweating all over it online. They don't go to the film yeah. fest. They just watch it online and so the people that are sitting at film fest they don't just want to see sci-fi they want a story yeah. um, which is why yeah i'm, su I'm surprised with yours because yours has that sweet spot where it's like it's a dramatic sci-fi but i feel like they're bringing their biases in they're like oh yeah. now and they don't really yeah. care to hear the story and, and it's ironic especially with sci-fi specifically because sci-fi has always historically been right one of the more uh kind of like politically driven like social economical mm -hmm. driven like kind of um genres there's th very often sci-fi has a lot to tell you know you look at um uh, uh dawn of the dead was it dawn of the dead george romero it had very like yeah. political like very mm -hmm. political overtones uh, going on so i feel like there's just so much in there but people get just bring like i said just bringing their biases to that stuff and once you see a robot or a cyborg they're out you know yeah, it, I, I totally agree. And it's such an odd misconception that I've been trying to like wrap my head around. Because I, I do think, yeah, Centrist has this other dramatic element to it. And that's what the base was. But it, it does bring in concepts of like, and sci-fi in general, I mean, like other concepts of technology that just can't really be applicable to other stories. I mm -hmm. mean, even Centrist was based off of the Elon Musk's Neuralink. I found oh. that in a really um, interesting that like this is where we're going in, mm -hmm. in our future of technology and like being able to like link people's brains mm -hmm. to stuff like mm -hmm. that's insane. Yeah. How else are you going to include that in a narrative? It, it yeah. has right. to be like a yeah. kind of science fiction kind of thing. And like our world is becoming like science fiction mm -hmm. to an extent. So, yeah, I, it's too bad because it, it does, I think, get just mashed into this sub-genre like that that redhead stepchild kind yeah. of genre where it's like oh sci-fi there's going to be like robots running around yeah. and lasers and stuff it's yeah i, I don't yeah. get it it's I, I hope that you know in the film community that people don't mislabel that because there are some great like science fiction even fantasy based things that have a lot to say yeah yeah for sure yeah, yeah we don't so i like, you know that We've learned a lot about film fests over the years, and so we kind of take them with a grain of salt. Um, we submit just sort of because it's like habitual to just be like, all right, you made a yeah. film, we'll submit it to the film fest. But we gave up a long time ago on that being the break. We realized, oh, this is all a farce. Okay, And yeah. for, I hate to say it, but 80% of the film fest that we've encountered um, it's it's a business. It's really not about the film. It's about making money. Some are genuine, and for sure. Some. But it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a not very the low percentage. Yeah. And um, we've learned from people in the business that, like that you can even you can even catch film festivals that will reject your film. You can prove they never watched it through Vimeo. Uh, yeah, I had I had wondered about that too i'm like man this is a lot of stuff to screen <laughs> like yeah is anybody even watching this so well, they, they, they you know they a... take in the submission yeah. fee but then never actually watched your film because yeah. it's with with some film fest but we've seen this a lot it's it's sort of pre-programmed they know a lot of the filmmakers or they already know which films they're going to pick so they mm -hmm. just take in as many as they can because how are you going to prove that they didn't watch it but you can 
if it's through Vimeo, you can't actually prove that they didn't watch it. And mm. um, so that's why it's like, we kind of just recently talked about this. It's like, we'll probably hit a certain amount when we make films, but I'm sort of over spending a thousand dollars on Seriously. film submission fees. I'm just not doing it anymore. So yeah. much is online. You can build a fan base online. So it's like, we yeah. just, you know, with I COVID, like we put it in a bunch of, we spent like $700 or something like that on submission fees. A lot of them got canceled. They went online, which might as well have not even happened because an online fest is pointless. Um, and so we we were kind of like, well, do we do this again in 2021? Which even still, things aren't cleared up. So it's like, do you want to stretch us into 2022? Or just put the damn film on YouTube and Vimeo? I don't care. Already, you know? And that's what we did. We're like, just watch the film. It's on Vimeo. Like, You know, it, we made it. And I, I also want, you know, I wanted to consider the actors because as an actor, I can look at it that way and say like, this really sucks. A lot of my actor friends, when I hear that they do films, the film never gets finished. They don't get that any footage suck. from it. I'm like, what do you, you didn't get any of the footage? Like, no, worked on this for two weeks straight, didn't get paid, have no footage. I don't have anything for my reel. Um, oh, so I awful. think of it on an actor's perspective too. And I was like, do we drag this out another two years or do we just put the film online so that they could see their work and like, just we'll make, we'll make another film. You know, that's just how I looked at it. Like, we'll make another film. This was just a bad yeah. year and, and that's Plus, it. I, I feel like it's kind of shifting that way too. I feel like if if people are actually looking for new talent, they're not going to film festivals. You know, you look at people like it's the one in a Fetty million. Alvarez or, or, or whoever and, you know, those people are being discovered online because unfortunately so much of – I mean, look, there's still, still definitely an avenue through film festivals. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. But there's – I think that – the internet has opened that up into a lot of these people just care about how popular you are. If, if, if you are on, I mean, you come across this with acting all the time, but if you're online and you have 8 million followers and you make a film, that's going to get some attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like your online presence is just as important as your film or maybe even more so important than your film festival presence because um, I mean, obviously, especially this year, but, you know, film fests, just like we we're talking about previously, you know, they don't, there's, they don't understand the nuance of genre. And I feel like online does a, a, a bit more, you know, it's obviously harder because, you know, online, there's a bigger kind of pool to be in, you know, but the cream will rise to the top eventually. Oh, right? really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that is, it is good to hear that because again, this being the first, I, Honestly, and, and with COVID, it was really discouraging because, I mean, we got into a few, but like not being able to physically be there was yeah. such a big thing that I really want to do. And less for like, you know, the the actually seeing your film on, I, that's cool. But meeting people, I think, is really the best part of like the network. 100%. Getting to to 100%, talk with you guys yeah. and like meet other actors, meet other filmmakers. Like I would love... I, I do have like this soft spot for that. And I'm, I'm hoping that with, you know, hopefully things subsiding in, in terms of COVID that film festivals will be back in person and that'll, mm -hmm. that'll be neat to, to do that. But yeah, I, I am discouraged to be honest now in, in terms of genre um, filmmaking and, and going yeah. into film festivals. Cause yeah, I can't, who can invest that much yeah. but over then, and but, over? But the, the benefit of that, I think the silver lining to that is that there's so many genre film festivals you know there's a ton of yeah. film festivals that are just sci-fi and a film like yours i think would probably 
clean up in something like that, you know? And, oh yeah. Yeah. You we, know? And I so, wish I had realized that when we first, I had submitted <laughs> to all like the, the big ones and I yeah. was like, man, we're getting denied from all of these. <laughs> and, and yeah. then just started doing, you know, Centris was made in 2019 and 2020, the first part was all just like large film festivals, mm-hmm. completely just denied from all of those. And yeah. then we only started doing genre and we got into a ton of them. Yeah. So it, it, it is like, yeah, there is a silver silver lining there. Yeah. But I guess that that's a learning curve that yeah. I now have realized Plus, too. Film fests like, in general are just it's so arbitrary. You know, we've we've had films that, you know, won film festivals. Like this film is to you, this to you film Mr. Film Festival or Mrs. Film Festival, this film is so good that it won. And then you look over there and it's the same size film festival and they don't even want to show it. Yeah. Like, how does yeah. that work? You know, it's like, it's either good or it's not good. I don't know. You know, so it's all arbitrary because it's all based on people's opinions and stuff. So, yeah, we don't don't hold a lot of stock in it. But to your point, I f- feel like, and this is the thing we've always sucked at, which is why we've been doing it forever, is, is the networking. <laughs> you know, going to film festivals and, like, meeting other filmmakers, seeing other films, like, this actor's great. And, like, maybe they'll do a project with us or this DP is great. Maybe we can bring them on board. And we're not I good feel at like selling ourselves. With yeah. That. I hate being like, really watch my that. film because yeah. it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually by that point you're like, all right, see you later, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, good chatting with you. It's, but here's a, a fun fact though, that when we were starting to feel kind of down and out about um, all the things we submitted to, and then we weren't really getting, so I forgot what guests we were talking to, but they were like pretty, pretty well-versed in the field. Just had so many guests. I don't even Christina? remember anymore. No, no. This was like pretty recently. Uh. We were talking about um, uh, about the last film. I don't remember who it was. Uh, anyway, they were like, well, what? how many fests did you get into? And I was like, oh, I think we got into like 40% or something like that. And they were like, no, that's really good. I was like, no, no, no. We, really only, we only got into 40%. They're like, no, that's actually good. I was like, what? Like, that sounds terrible. Yeah. If I only got 40% of my paycheck, I would be upset. You know? <laughs> so, so they're like, no, the numbers are actually right, way but, lower. And yeah. so we were able to be like, oh, okay. So but, but maybe we don't suck as much as well, we thought no, we did. Yeah. Well, we don't suck. We're amazing. And, <laughs> and we're not. And, uh, <laughs> We've be, we've become a lot smarter with it. Like we'll never, I'll we'll never submit to Tribeca or 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 whatever. Sundance, like we've like, just sub- know learning to submit to smaller festivals that we feel like we can get more out of them, you know. And so our chances increase greatly when you just um, focus on film. Fe- like you, most people will just submit to everything. It's like talking and to someone who's times. out of your league, right? You're like, this is probably yeah. not going to go yeah. well, and I'm setting myself up <laughs> yeah. for failure. Let me talk to somebody who's in my league. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm a seven, I'm not going to go chat it up with a nine. If I go chat it up with more sevens, then I got a better chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Always stay in your league. <laughs> If I, I chat up before, it's a guarantee. Yeah, but I, but I feel like even when you're going to the festivals and stuff, and you're meeting other filmmakers on your like, it's great to meet filmmakers that are are amazing. But if like, what good is me meeting a filmmaker that is making ten to twenty million dollar films? Like, I can gain a lot of information through talking to them. Great, but if I'm talking to another filmmaker that's making films for six thousand dollars, then I can relate to that more. We can talk. We can bond. Maybe we'll join forces and make something together. I don't know. Like, I feel like there's so much more value in that in terms yeah. of, a. uh, uh, but that's the problem is that a relationship people don't standpoint. like we, I say this all the time, like a broken record. Do you want to make films or do you want to be famous? 
It's two completely different things. And if you want to be famous, good luck, because it is yeah. not going to be easy. Yeah. But if you want to make films, there's a lot of success in that. Just how you gauge that success. Like for me, look, money's great, right? I would love someone to be like, hey, we want you to be in this film with, you know, uh, freaking Christopher Abbott. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> like, you know uh, you're going to be chilling out over here with uh, Viola Davis. Uh, sure. Yeah, let's do this. When do we film? And I would love that. But for somebody to say, hey, I watched your film online. And I would love to work with you. Like I wrote a part. Can I send you the script? Like that's like the prolificity of just being able to work with different people and someone liking you enough to say, I would like to direct you is yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's great. And if you can't see that as a success, then your time in independent film is going to be fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that, that is really true. I think one of the biggest things in making Centris was just being able to reach out to people in the local network here in, in San Diego and, and now like planning to do future things. People have seen that and now they want, you know, you have an in. That's your in now. Mm -hmm. Like you're you're not just gonna be the guy who's like, I have this idea. It's like, no, I've I've done stuff before in the past, and mm -hmm. yeah, um, that that is part of the process, and it's a great great part of it. Um, you know, being in Tribeca, that would be great as well. But right. not is is totally fine too, because yeah. there there are so many other ways to like get your your ideas out there in the world. Yeah. yeah. Plus, like, just a one last note on film fest. It's like if if you're like submitting to like newer film fests or smaller film fest, quote unquote. A lot of times that garners you attention, you know, from bigger fests. Like we've actually been invited to yeah, submit we're like to bigger festivals. Inundated with emails of mm. festivals that you are know. like, oh, here's twenty percent off. Here's this, yeah. you know, you know. And I'm like, I already spent too much freaking money on yeah. film festivals. So I, feel like, I, so I feel like that it could be a good um, marketing strategy if you're like, well, first wave is going to be all small fests, and then we'll see what happens if we start to get into a lot. Because if we're some, if you're submitting to bigger fests and you have like a ton of laurels already. Your chances have just increased. They love laurels. You know, just put yeah. the laurels on there. Make just up a film on, fest. Yeah. Make up laurels. Yeah. 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 The, the flip and flop and film one. fest. I was Small in there. Small window film fest. Yep. Just make them up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won XYZ. That's why I just show it out of my window, right? Yeah. <laughs> they just love seeing laurels. I think that's really all it's about. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So before. Like, like even on our site, we have, we I, you know, I, I built the site and I just, I put the laurels on there and it. You're even it missing feels, some. I don't think you even put the laurels on It feels disgusting, but that's, that stuff's necessary. Yeah, it really is. I, which reminds me, I need to put all our laurels. In. <laughs> I have it on my whiteboard. And I'm like, add laurels to Centris IMD TV, and I'm just like, I'm kind of with you. The same thing. It's just like Boy Scout like yeah. badges. It's like people are like, oh, neat. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. You can yeah. start a fire. Great. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, before we wrap up, though, I did want to ask: Are you uh, are you working on anything else? Are you? What's the next? Because yeah. with this being your first project, I'm intrigued. I must see the next thing Jesus you make. Jesus Christ, yeah. This is the first thing. <laughs> this is the no, first. thanks. Yeah. He's like, um, no, I quit. I'm back to landscaping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, actually, I got to go. It's like getting the midday. It's going to be hot out there. Um, no, so I, yeah, I am working on something of uh, that. It's a feature, and uh, it's based off a novel that was written uh, here in uh, San Diego, nice. um, uh, Disturbed in Their Nests is the name of the novel by Aleppo Dang. I would highly recommend it. Um, kind of a very different um, story than Centrist, not science fiction at mm -hmm. all. But it's, it's actually about immigration and, and moving uh, into the United States um, from Sudan. And okay. it's uh, about the, the Lost Boys and, and mm -hmm. when that happened oh, nice. in, in Sudan. And um, 
you know, I, I think that's another really powerful aspect about filmmaking is being able to talk about social issues mm -hmm. and, um, you know, bringing those things to light in a, you know, semi entertaining way is, mm -hmm. is, is one of the only ways I think as an individual now, it, it, you know, I'm not a politician or, or anything like that. I have my own views, but, um, for it to be heard and, and express those things. And it's something I've really wanted to, to do. And, not, it's, it's not only a, like a social justice piece at, at, by any means. There's, mm -hmm. there's some good good storytelling there. Um, but I'm really excited for that and to kind of reach this breadth of, of a feature and, you know, see what that entails and hopefully to not fail there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's on, on the radar, hopefully, for, for next year and um, just writing the screenplay currently and, it is really interesting writing other people's work. Or like, right, yeah, yeah, I can for, imagine. For a book, it, it seems a lot easier. <laughs> like, if <laughs> I could just make everything based off of other people's books moving forward, I would totally do that. <laughs> well, that's uh, where, what's so much feel like. Almost everything Hollywood's is based going, on yeah. a book, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it. part of it is kind of for that reason. Like, it, it it's easier. It takes a lot less time. Mm -hmm. You know it's kind of, like, proven. This book has been, like... Um, it's kind of one of those books you read in like elementary school. It's like inspirational mm -hmm. and, um, you know, has to deal with, again, just finding out who you are, a coming to age. I'm a big coming to age sucker for in yeah. films. I, I, I don't know why that, that period of like transitioning from uh, adolescence to an adult, I think yeah. is such a like critical time in a human's life. And mm -hmm. so much shit happens there where yeah. you become this fucking human being yeah mm -hmm. yeah I'm, I'm really interested in, in how it goes so yeah cool well we'll definitely awesome. be looking at looking out for that um we'll have a link to uh now is centrist can you watch that online yeah in yeah, its entirety so um, uh, um actually currently we can't it is okay. on private sorry okay about that. yeah i forgot about that um, all right so Vimeo, but we'll let's... put links to what you have and then um, we'll give out know... the password it's fine <laughs> <laughs> actually now that we're talking about film festivals i'm good with that you know whatever they're not even watching this shit anyway <laughs> well, <laughs> no, we're just not, like, oh. don't take anything we say we're not film fest advisors by any stretch i'm glad we could crush your dreams for yeah. you <laughs> that'll be enough thank you for being on <laughs> One less person no, I, to com I, in competition with. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is great to hear hear that though. I mean, that the perspective of film festivals because it it does it just is such a daunting world sometimes. You know, mm -hmm. when you come in and you're just like, man, there's so many people creating stuff and you're yeah. getting denied left and right, and yeah. you can't really justify why you're being accepted into others. Right, and then you go down the others. rabbit hole of like watching what films did get accepted to a festival that like, you were denied, oh in, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, this so, is crap. Like, this yeah. is crazy. Yeah. yeah, I'll, I'll, is, gi I'll so give you, you a, a saucy story when we're off air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but thank you so much for being on, and uh, we hope yeah. to have you on again. Yeah, we'll have links to all your stuff um, below, you. whatever you're listening to, and uh, yeah, follow this person. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you guys. It was great chatting with you. Thanks. All right, that was Ian. Ian Harrington. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna have the links to to his. Um, page and everything it's not available yet but hopefully at some point during the year it will be and you, you can watch that um or if you uh if you notice it in a film fest that you're going to be going to that it's submitted mm -hmm. in do stay for that yep. very well, good film yeah very very good very good film um and that uh I'm china little, is I'm, it yeah china, she's she one to watch i'm a little annoyed that he made that as his first short i'm like we're yeah, like in seriously. our our 14th short and we're we still have well <laughs> the guy that good. it brings with him a lot of experience so damn it 
Um, yeah, so I, I don't know what the hell we have going on next week. I think we'll probably review some stuff. Um, there's a guest that I they've uh, they've agreed to come on, but I don't mm. want to jinx it because okay. I you know like every every once in a while it's like this isn't going to happen. Right. <laughs> Did you get Christopher Abbott? No, are you kidding me? I didn't, uh. That'd be I need a, a oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> I need oxygen. Um, no, Christopher Abbott would never come on our show. Eh, you never know. Not with that attitude, he won't. All right, go okay. get him then. All right, sure. <laughs> so that I could just be like, <laughs> 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 I really liked you in Catch-22 and literally everything else. Yeah. I watched all your movies like a dork. Um, that would be just, I don't want Christopher Abbott to ever come on the show. Because no. that would be the end of my self-esteem. Yeah. It's just like, uh, what? Who are you again? It would be like, like when you met Bruce Campbell. Yeah, that was a, that was <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, embarrassing. <laughs> You're you were starstruck and mm-hmm. you literally couldn't speak. Yeah. So that's what would happen to me. It'd just be like, and I'm not a I'm not a big like starstruck person, but uh, Bruce Campbell. Bruce is your boy. Yeah. You 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 took a picture with Zach, Zach Braff though. I thought you were yeah. gonna, I thought you were gonna clam up on that, but well, I didn't really have time to. Because it was real quick. I feel like if I didn't even to... give to give him my thanks a latte line. I wanted to do that, but I didn't. <laughs> Maybe you will. Someday. Maybe you will. Um, so yes, uh, shout outs. To MoGraph.com and the MoGraph Network. There's other podcasts on there too, so check them out. Check them out. And uh, if you have a film or a short or something of the likes that you want us to see, you know, reach out to us. Um, yeah. we've, got a, we've had a bunch of people reach out, and so we've kind of got like a line of things that we have to watch and get to and, yep. um, and still get reviews of stuff that we wanted to watch. So, yes. um, but yeah, let us know. It is hot. Yeah, it's warm. So we're going to go <laughs> in go. the other room. It's going to start sweating soon. I don't like it. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.